Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Jack Young, and in studio today is Brother David Cellini. And uh, it's time already to do a New Year's podcast, New Year's Goals podcast. So thanks for being on today, Brother Dave. Hey, thanks for having me. I got to say, it's amazing. It's December uh, 16th, 60 degrees out there. What and a the, beautiful day it was today. And we say this every year, but I really feel that this year went fast. 2020 was very slow because there's so, it was so drug out with all the drama of election and right, um, right. COVID and everything like that. But then this year, it seemed like we were so busy. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's definitely flown by. It's crazy. A lot of things. I feel like everybody was making up in 2021 for being shut down in 2020. And it seemed like every single weekend of the entire year, we were going someplace, doing something all summer long. It was graduation parties. And unfortunately, like this fall, we've had so many people pass. We've done so many funerals around the church. And and I can't believe we're already up to, when we're going Christmas caroling this Sunday afternoon. It's already here. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, we had Christmas caroling last couple weeks ago or something like that. But yeah, it's been one thing after another, and here we are again. Amazing. Yes, yeah. How'd you, how'd you do with your uh, 2021 goals? Did you do all right? Well, n- I ended up among the stars, right? Yeah, so, so you shot for the moon? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't get that saying because the stars are actually a lot higher than the moon. So That's true, that's true. What if you shot for the stars and you got the moon? You know what? I got close to the uh, to the ozone layer. That that's <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> that, that's for sure, but... Yeah, you know, I feel like it was a good year. It was a, a year of growth personally and uh, some different transitions where, you know, some goals kind of got done away with that you kind of had to set new goals throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like throughout the year, just being honest, I feel like I kind of got a little a little lost, you know, and a mm-hmm. little, uh, you know, I just kind of got away from focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I need I need this this time it, coming into the new year to really uh, simplify and to clarify and to you know redirect. Yeah, and I think that happens to all of us. Is throughout the year, uh, life happens to us instead of us happening to life, and For so sure. it starts pulling. You know, we just get uh, pulled around with the current. Um, um, and yeah, I think that happens to all of us. And I think that. Um, you shouldn't be able to reach all your New Year's goals. I mean, if you've reached every goal that you set, uh, you're probably aiming too low, I mm-hmm. imagine. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I did all right in different areas that I uh, was shooting for, and um, I, I overshot in some areas that, um, you know, some of my goals are going to be a little bit lower, some are going to be a little bit higher, and um, yeah, I didn't meet them all, and I, I never do from year to year. But it's, yeah. but it's always important to set goals, so we have to talk about the big picture stuff. I've got my notes broken down into um, spirit, soul, and body for the when we get down into the weeds, talking about the specific goals. But we ought to answer the big why question. What is the purpose of setting goals? You got some purpose for it? Purpose for setting goals. Um, I mean, so definitely you have a, a mark you're shooting for. Paul talked about that, pressing towards the mark. And I think it's going to be really important that you set aside some time to really think and be creative and to, you know, figure out what it is, what that why is for your life. Mm-hmm. But overall, of course, certainly for the glory of God, the will of God, things like that. 
Yeah, and I um, I feel that you by setting goals, you're setting the intention and the direction of your life. A lot of people, unfortunately, wander around with no overarching purpose. Um, I know once I got saved, the whole pur- I had an overarching purpose. I have a purpose for my life. Um, so if you're a child of God, you do have a purpose, uh, but you need to put that purpose into direction. Um, and so it's the old saying, if you aim it, nothing, you will hit it every time. Right. And if you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to what? Fail. So you are going to fail in 2022. Let's get used to saying that. Yes. Because I still think it's 2020 for some reason. 2022, you're going to fail unless you plan out your year. So you take your purpose and you put it down into a plan. And let me say this, this is very godlike. Uh, and we're supposed to be image, you know, his image bearers. So uh, God created an orderly universe with a plan. God is the God of order. And so you are to have some sort of order for your life this year. Set direction, set intention of your life. Where's your path? You know? Yeah, that's good. I, I love that. And when we went to that pastor, pastor's fellowship a couple weeks ago, and Brother Cole talked about that God gets in on order. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes Christianity just... You know, we we don't, like you mentioned, have that intent, that specific intent, and mm-hmm. we just kind of end up going with the flow, and we say we're living by faith, but we're really winging things by the seat of our pants. <laughs> uh-huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. So Caleb said, I want that mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the goal. Uh, so the plan is, okay, we're going we're gonna, to uh, figure out how to go up against these iron chariots and uh, kill these giants and we're going to make long spears and we're going to then we're going to have to have axes and saws to cut down all these trees once we kill the giants and uh and so he had a purpose now he needs a plan how he's going to implement uh his goal his purpose right yeah yeah that's so important i have a few i have a few things about your goals um when setting goals Three things, and if I remember, I'll close with these three things. And and I'm I'm gonna try to put something in the show notes, and then also, I'm gonna be trying to write this up for my blog, as well. So if you are, um, is it subscribed or prescribed? I think it's subscribed. <laughs> if you subscribe, I will give you a prescribe for your uh, year. Okay. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> uh, and, and so yeah, if you're uh, if you're subscribed to the. Um, to the blog, I'm going to write some of these notes up. But these three things, measurable, specific, and also achievable. So whatever goals we're going to, well, well, we'll get down to the weeds here. We're talking about big picture philosophical stuff. Uh, but, you know, you find out your purpose and you, you find out your motivation in your life, and then you're going to try to make that measurable, specific. You're going to write out exactly how you're going to impl- or what you're going to do. Uh, and also achievable. Like you'll be able to put them on your calendar. You'll be able to check them off throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about how you break down your goals into um, like some sort of habitual schedule. I think it's important to have a growth mindset. Why are we Amen. doing this? You know, what's the point of setting goals, looking to the new year? Because the Lord taught us, you know, we're supposed to grow in grace. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be pressing. And, and success in the Christian life is measured in growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're in the school of faith, and then we're you know preaching through James right now. And um, the, the the goal is perfection, which means um, not sinlessly perfect like Jesus, but spiritually mature, mm-hmm. the perfect man. You know, through trials, tribulations, circumstances, patience going to have her perfect work. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and so we're pressing towards a mark this year. Amen. Yeah. Growth, growth, you know? Um, <clears throat> okay. So in your goals and the different goals you're going to talk about, we're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body here in a minute. Is that how you got yours broken down? I, I, I looked at yeah. your notes from last time and I think we talked about those three measures. So we are spiritual being, and then our soul is like the seat of the, uh, seat of our emotions, um, our, you know, our heart, the Bible talks about our heart and we can either give into the things of the spirit or things of the flesh. Um, so we'll talk about spirit and our spiritual walk with God and spiritual walk with other people, spiritual walk with our family. And then also, um, the soul like, um, friendship and then also like intellectual growth, reading, stuff like that. Uh, and then third is your body. So that would be, um, eat, sleep. Drink coffee. Yes. I know you're supposed to do that. And, That's right. Um, and then also exercise. So it'd mm -hmm. be like those three avenues of your life. And so one of the things you're going to have to do when you set these goals, let's say, you know, you want to run a marathon. Now, if I told you, I said, hey, I'm going to run a marathon this year, I get like a little dopamine hit, you know, and I'm excited about that. Feels good just to say it. Uh, but saying it is not enough. Uh, and, and it's going to, it's going to cost you a lot. It's going to cost you a lot of time, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of, you know, you know, taking Tylenol or whatever yeah, before you go to bed and sure. that type of thing. So you're going to have to answer the big why. I remember, um, when I turned 40 and 43 right now, yeah, old, old man. So when I turned 40, man, that's a big number. And that's always symbolized old is 40. I know I'm 40, not old, but trust me, younger people think you're old if you're 40 years old. So I thought, you know, what's a good challenge for me? What's a good way to mitigate midlife crisis, you know? And I thought, well, I'm going to run a marathon. And I don't really necessarily enjoy running uh, that much, but I had to write out, like, why am I going to run a marathon? And mm -hmm. so I remember a few things on my list. Uh, one would be for myself, um, just to feel good about the accomplishment, also to give me self-confidence. I could set my mind to something and accomplish something. Um, also set um, a mold going into old age that I'm, you know, I'm still going to be a physical person, a physical component. Mm -hmm. And then also I put there for my kids to example, to be an example to my kids that they can do hard things, they can accomplish hard tasks. Uh, another thing, my sister's a runner. That's like part of her identity. And I thought that's a way for me to connect with my sister because she's ran, ran several marathons. And I thought, well, that's a way that we can, you know, we'll have done kind of the same thing and felt the same pain yeah. <laughs> type thing. And we can talk about it. And so in order for me to run a marathon, which I did, um, I had to write out those things. You know, the big Why? Yeah, that's a man. He put you definitely put some thought into that. Well, sure. I, I knew I had to because it was going to be difficult. Like when your alarm goes off at four in the morning and it's raining outside, and you're supposed to run 14 miles that day uh, to get ready for your marathon. Uh, you better know why. I don't you're care what that. I would have wrote, written down <laughs> if that, that was the case. <laughs> and for everybody, that's not a goal. I mean, um, so it's got to be important to you. It can't be important to somebody else. Right. And so even like with your Bible reading. Uh, you know, you're going to lose a half hour sleep or whatever. Why is that important? So some people, some Christians are Bible readers, and, and that's like the most important thing in your whole entire life, by right. the way. Right. That's even more important than you praying because God's got to speak to you before you can speak to God, mm -hmm. know who you're talking to. Yeah. 
Um, and so you, <laughs> if you have a struggle with it, write down why you should read the Bible. Also, what, it, what will happen to your life if you don't? Because there's a lot of worrying about that. And so that will give you an answer to the big why. Okay, this is yeah. why I designate a half hour every day to read God's Word. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that what, what you just went through, those mental gymnastics, just about that particular subject really could apply to so many things. And that's what you really have to do, successful people do, to really get deep get the roots of that goal. Uh-huh. And did you ever, did you ever hear about the four year old marshmallow test? You ever seen that? No. Um, so this is like a famous thing in psychology where they would put, um, a marshmallow before a four year old. There's like some other toys and stuff in the oh. room. Have you, you've seen it? I haven't. Have. You? Yeah, yeah. It's very, very famous. It's like, I thought you meant it's, the it's marshmallow pop- was four years old. No, no. <laughs> the four year. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that. That's, that's hilarious. Marshmallow probably as long as it was in the bag, it'd probably be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah, so they said, um, I'm going to be gone, and in a few minutes, I'll be back. And if you haven't eaten the marshmallow, by the time I get back, you'll get two marshmallows. And so the gallery in the room, and it's funny. I We saw some, vi- they videotaped these four-year-olds, and like some of them would just be like looking at the marshmallow and thinking. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And like one kid was like crying because he like wanted to eat the marshmallow yep. so bad. You could and see the was, pain on their yes, face. Yes, it just, you know, he was so divided between Mm -hmm. uh, waiting and taking that (laughs) pleasure right now. Yeah. But they come and they follow back on these four-year-olds back when they're adults. And of course the four-year-olds who um, didn't eat the marshmallow, they um, have a higher education, uh, less likely to be addicted to drugs and things along this nature because they can put off a pleasure for a greater reward at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really what all goal setting is. Yeah. It's kind of like, why would you eat a salad? So at the end, I can feel good. Yeah. If I ate that half pizza right there, I ain't going to feel good at the end of it. You yeah. Know, you got to think long term. Yeah. And that's that's important thing. And there's a famous saying in productivity and setting goals and begin with the end in mind. Right. You know? And the Bible says, what shall ye do in the end thereof? Right. And then remember, we're looking all the way to the end, looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Right. Yeah. And that's so important because, you know, we're going to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. And, you know, and a thought I had written down was, you know, that our life, we're stewards of our life and everything that makes up our life and getting into spirit, soul, body, and just giving those thoughts, like you had mentioned, line upon line there, that you know, God is going to bring us into account for all of those things. And we sacrifice so much of eternal for the temporal pleasure and the easy way out right? and stuff right. like yeah, that. Like that four-year-old, I can't wait 15 minutes. We've got to eat the marshmallow yeah. right now. And so you said, you know, think of the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I know last time we talked about this, thinking to the end, and we thought about the end this way, is that you should write out your own eulogy. Yes, and that's a very, very important practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast one time, it, uh, and this guy was training Olympic athletes, and he has them journal, 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 which I, I might talk about or not. I think journaling is a great way to measure your – if you journal once a week, you're measuring. 
Mm-hmm. You're measuring your week and seeing how good it was. And there's a lot of journals out there that just ask you questions like at the end of the week, which those are awesome. I don't personally use them, but I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, I don't know what I'd say in a journal. Well, there's journals out there that have prompts for yes. the end of the week. They'll ask mm-hmm. you questions about your week. Uh, and it's good. It's kind of like self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the practices was, is that right after eulogy, and he says, you know what? I showed it to the athletes, like not one of them said, and he died, the leader of a Fortune 500 company, or he died multi-billionaire or anything like that. It was always about relationships. Yeah. My wife said, you know, at my funeral that I was the kindest listening, whatever, yada, and my children, you know, appreciated this about me and that about me. None of it was about um, how big a business and I'm sure if it was pastors, they wouldn't write about how big a church they had and what an amazing this and that. Some might. Yeah, <laughs> some might. <laughs> that might be their goal. Um, you know, mine, you know, and I have I have it written down. And I look at it every week when I look at my day planner and I set the planner for the week. Um, is that, you know, he walked with God. He loved his family, uh, cared for his wife, and was a great shepherd to his people. And so I think in that order, because at your funeral, um, no matter how great a pastor you are, like the people that are going to be the most affected probably by your life are going to be your immediate family. And it's so easy to get distracted from those main purposes. Yeah. It's, it's so important to do what you just said and to look at those on a regular basis to remind yourself. And I think really that takes a load off your shoulders mm-hmm. because you can feel the weight of all the noise and all the things that call for your attention and, and it pulls you away from being successful at the important things. Yes, you can be, um, let other things master your life, which shouldn't have any control over you. Yeah, I know I do that. Oh, yeah, and we all do, and we have to shake it off. And then we have to, like you were saying, you know, refocus. And so looking at a new year gives us a time to uh, really get away and meditate. You know, um, here's one of the things. One of the people that I really despise in life, but I'm going to um, talk about his life because he'd be able to accomplish so much, uh, but Bill Gates Every single year, watch he, your language. He, right, he takes a whole week and has a think week. Now you think, well, you know, he's rich, so he could like. No, he has run like Fortune five hundred companies and had like ten. And here's the thing: he's got a god complex because he's controlled like ten thousands of people's lives, and then every single home in America almost has his products in the home. So he feels like he's God. <laughs> and so he's going to answer to God for that. But sure. here's, the, here's the point is that he'd take a whole week. This is not his vacation is that he goes and he reads and he meditates and he thinks about um, all his businesses and big picture stuff and no one can contact him. You can, um, I think it's uh, on Netflix. It's inside Bill's brain. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, you know, here's a guy, he had a goal in mind and I think he's accomplished a lot of his goals that he has set before him. But one of the way he did was be introspective. Um, so I would think in setting new year's goals, you know, if you want, you know, take a half a day or take a whole day or whatever, and just get alone and really think about your life. And if you like, you know, I'd say like if you journaled in the past, look over your old journals or old calendars or whatever, uh, and be introspective and think about what, um, how important your relationship with God is, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your church family, and like then map it out. And, and um, you know, I've read of a lot of business owners that have even a quarterly day, like every quarter it's uh, to do nothing but refocus. Right. And I think of guys like highly productive guys in our field, like um, Brother Paul Chappell, um, 
his stewarding life book is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he had this huge ministry and I don't care what you think about the guy, but the guy in a multitude of business, there is success. And that guy's an amazing, like a machine. Yeah. Like if I were a robot, I would program myself to be like that. You I could mean, do he, a whole lot worse. He's, he's a, yeah. He's <laughs> like a robot. So, uh, but then, you know, he reached a wall and he talks about it very candidly in stewarding life where he thought he was having a heart attack and it was like a panic attack type <laughs> thing. Uh, and so he, you know, since then, you know, he even once a year will take like a week and just refocus and recharge. So even if you're very, very busy, you know, take a day or take an afternoon, set it aside, uh, try to, you know, map out the next year, what you want to do with um, your family. Is there any like spiritual um, um, things you'd like to do? Like I think of one of the things that I need and I want to schedule and it'd be good for layman to schedule too, is like spiritual retreats, like at a conference or, you know, somewhere you get training intensive preaching, so spiritual things throughout the year. I think one of the things we'd like to do, we're going to look into this next year uh, with the church family is go down to uh, the Ark and then the Creation Museum. You've been there, haven't you? Yes. And you'd recommend it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And everyone who's gone to that is just blown away. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And so you can map that out, you know, your spiritual paths for the year, and then also with your family. One of the things that Julie and I did for our 20th anniversary, and I think we're going to do it every year because it was awesome and my mind gets so busy that even when I'm home, I'm like not really home. And so, you know, it's easy to kind of like lose a strong connection with your wife. So we took like three days and we were gone two days, but it was like three day vacation, um, just down to the finger legs. And that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause now our kids are getting a little bigger too, and we can leave them for longer. Like I know you guys have enjoyed that for a little time, but it is, it is amazing to get away and just have like a holiday with your wife so I'd like to do that this year, but we got our vacation planned out. Um, and, you know, we're going to be going to the Outer Banks. We're going to go with my brother and all his kids. So I think of it as the way for the family. So it's their intention, way for the family to get connected with each other and my kids to, uh, to grow up with their cousins and other cousins really well. Uh, and then our friend Scott Dormley Evans are going to uh, be at the same house. And they're old friends from our church in Michigan, like wow. close friends of the family. That'll be good. Yeah. And um, yeah, their boy Felton and they're, you know, they're going to be with us. So you plan out. So that's a good family connection and a community connection. And so, you, you know, you think about those things, plan, you know, plan those things out throughout the year. Yeah, that's important. And now, and I've got boys that are getting older in their teen years and, you know, uh, it's important to find ways to connect with them, and it can be it can be difficult. You know, sometimes kids they love everything their parents love, and sometimes they don't. They get different uh, and likes and hobbies. I think that weight it's going to lie on the dad or the mom. It's going to lie on the parent. Absolutely, make sure you, you are the parent. Yeah, and so, so if your kid likes something that not you don't like, you stay, go ahead and, yeah. and like that with them. They're not going to fight to stay close to you, right? You know, Amen. and so and so there's different yeah. mediums too. Um, now I know you, you took your boys and I took Timmy and we went up to the mountains with Dave Bullock and uh, Andrew Brown and we hiked them. I mean that's really really bonding mm. hiking mountains together. That so so you set your intention. One of your intentions is to make strong connection with your boys. The mountain is the medium mm. to make that connection. And so I think of like hunting. Um, I honestly, like if I lived in an area that I couldn't, I do enjoy it very much, but I could connect with nature other ways. Um, But well, like with hunting, 
it's a way for me to connect with my dad and connect with my brother and then also connect with uh, my son. Now my son's getting into it and it's going to be like, it's a medium. Hunting would be a medium for me to spend time um, with the guys out there connection through that bond. So even if you have an activity, you should know the purpose of that activity. Yeah, so then nothing is done for no reason. Everything has a purpose. So, yeah, and so I can tell you why, like I do this podcast. You ready? Mm-hmm. For myself. <laughs> so I can ask, you know, dig into people's minds, and it's a medium for me to learn. Because, you know, I like, because uh, we have different people through the church and yourself and things, and we can talk about, you know, deep subjects, and we pre- like, and we can keep it on a certain channel where if we, we were eating together or whatever, it might not you know, be that way. And so right. I can interview just amazing people. And um, then I figure if I like it, there's probably going to be other people that like it as well. <laughs> and, um, yep. and I really look at the preaching the same way. Mm-hmm. I like, it's so funny. Like I'm digging in there from my own mind and my own self to figure something out. And I, if I come across a truth, that's like, wow, this is amazing. I figure, well, if I think it's great, maybe somebody else out there will think it is good as well. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, there should be a why behind all the different things that you do, you know? Yeah, that definitely makes life rich. So, so how is it going? How is this going going to work in developing habits? Like, so let's say, uh, here's how it's going to, the, 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 the macro, the macro, the big goal, like read my Bible more, um, get healthier, um, whatever the avenue is, or spend more time with my wife or spend more time with my children, that's going to work out in the macro. And um, so what is going to, what's going to happen and take place is if I have a goal, for instance, to run a marathon, and the micro, it's going to flesh out into my schedule. I'm going to get a running schedule. It's going to go on the calendar. I'm going to practice this. Um, reading the Bible. I'm going to take a half-hour day, or I'm going to read four chapters a day. I'm going to read 10 chapters a day. I'm going to check off the reading schedule, and it's going to go into my calendar this way or or that way. I'm going to have a date night with my wife once a week. So I want to connect with my wife. Here's how it's going to be done. Um, spiritually with my family. How can I connect spiritually or how can I train my children? So, uh, okay, dinner time. We're going to have family devotion and prayer. Uh, with my wife, we can read a devotional before we go to bed and pray. And so it's going to... It's going to flesh out the the macro is going to flesh out in the micro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, you know, when you're thinking about how you're going to set goals, how you're going to be a better version of yourself in 2022, you know, back to this idea of stewardship, I think you have to look at your life and I think it helps you focus on what, what you need to think about is what your roles are, you mm. know, who you are as a person. Right. You know, and, you know, first and foremost, you're a child of God, you're a Christian. And so that lends to your your spiritual life. And you mentioned spirit, soul, and body. There's so many things that could be said about that. We could go deep into that. Um, but you do need to take care of yourself. So you yourself personally, number one, are a what? It's like child of child God. Child of God, right. Christian. Right. And secondly, what are you? Secondly, I am, I would say I'm a husband. I would say that too. So yeah, so I'm I'm with you. Right. Third, you're a father, mm-hmm. and then f- fourth, you're a church member. So or a, an assistant pastor, your shepherd. Yeah. So fourth, you know, I would say uh, 
church ministry, you know, involvement. Yeah, my yeah. part of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so under that, I go. And really, I think that should be the same mm-hmm. for not you, just you and I. I think that should be the same for everybody because mm-hmm. your role in the church is every bit as important as Dave's and I. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at your life, you know, personally, my relationship with my spouse, if, you, if you're married, you know, what does that look like? You've got to look at these individual things. What does that look like right now? What, what do I want it to look like? And then what am I going to do to make that happen? And you think about your marriage. You think about your relationship with your kids. Or if you're a kid, your relationship with your mom and dad. And somebody might be frustrated with their wife or their kid or whatever. Well, like, what do you want more of? And then instead of, like, blaming her or blaming your kid or whatever, um, how are you going to work towards, like, you know, your kid doesn't want to talk to you. Well, how are you going to figure out a way to yeah. make them yeah. want to talk to you? Yeah, I mean, as a church member. So that's like specifically what you need to work on with this particular uh, child or with your wife. Um, we, we speak as leaders in the church, and sometimes a, a church member might say, well, you know, I want to set goals for our ministry, but, you know, I'm not in charge. I, you know, what can I do or whatever? But mm-hmm. there are things you can do, and you have a place in that ministry. You have a, a role in the body of Christ, and it may be, um, you know, in a submissive role, but God can use you, and there are ways that you can minister to the leadership, to the pastor, and, you know, you pray about that. Ask oh, God yeah. for wisdom and leadership. And, yeah. and it's not hard to lead in church because we we uh, lead as we serve. Sure. And there is never lack of room for service. There is always mm-hmm. something to do mm-hmm. around the household of faith. Right. And, uh, yeah, once you start serving and you're faithfully serving, you, you know, you will rise to the top so fast in Christianity because really all you have to be in in Christianity, trust me, Dave and I can living proof of this. You don't have to be sharp, talented, good looking or whatever. You just have to show up. Show up and stick around for a while. Right. Just keep on you showing know? up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and you will be you. It was yeah. So you think about your life and the church life now, what you know, what would be some of your goals and in your ministry, if you already teach a Sunday school class, what are some things that you could be working on and get better at? You know, write that down and then also it's gonna that goal is going to flesh out into your daily week. Like, I want to be a better teacher. Um, I'm not very good at teaching. Well, what could you do? Like, you could, it's amazing how much you could improve because you could watch a video on YouTube every week about how to speak, how to teach a Sunday yeah. school class, like just once a week. And, you know, maybe you're not a gifted teacher, but, you know, some people, so many people think Sunday school is just showing up to teach that class. Mm-hmm. But you've got those, that's your ministry. That's your little microcosm of a church right there. Yeah. And Sunday school teachers, they, you can reach out through the week. You can write notes. You can have a little activity, and you can connect with them. And those kids will love you if you are just there for them. Yeah, absolutely. But you can, you can there's so many ways, if you'll take time to think about it, pray about it, and, and ask God to take it, if you want to put the, in the words, put, take it to another level, um, so many things you could do within the skill set that God's given you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always improvement for each and every one of us. So let's say, let's go back to Tim, which we're talking about Sunday school. Say you're a real great teacher, um, but you might not be personable with the kids. Mm -hmm. You might not act act like you love them like you're supposed to with Christian love. Um, So what are some ways that you can pay attention to them? Um, Maybe you can find out when their birthdays are and give them birthday cards this year. Maybe you can... um, Get to know and, and write down in your prayer journal exactly what they like. Johnny likes football. Susie likes, well, I don't know what girls like. But, uh, you know, 
get to know them. So there's always some goal for us in our ministries. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. So you want to talk about practical stuff? Let me just mention a couple more things. I think it'd be important as you're, as you're considering your goals, who you are, what your roles are from church ministry, your vocation, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about what you do for 40 plus hours a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's what God wants you to do, becoming, you know, just continually being the best you can at that. Also, you know, your witness on the job, that mission field, mm-hmm. how perhaps you could do a better job of, you know, manifesting the, the presence of Christ at the workplace to your employer, maybe even advancing, becoming a, a greater provider for your family in some way, shape, or form. And then, you know, our finances, whether it be uh, to caring for debts and or bills or savings, things like that. Um, we shouldn't just, you know, give in to whatever thing, the way things are. We're going to give account. We need to grow in those areas. And, and the sad thing is, too, <laughs> I'll give you an example of this. You know, I have um, had here and then also at Fort Drum, I had Bruce Craig come in and teach a financial seminar. Mm-hmm. And guess how much we charge for it? Zero. Yeah. Um, and it's always been poorly attended. Whether here, or the, I'm not sure anywhere, it'd be poorly attended. Uh, and people who didn't attend, do you think that's because their finances are good or bad? Uh, they probably don't want to hear probably about Probably the it. people who attended are the ones whose finances are actually good. Right. And they just want to get better. So true. When your finances it, are bad, you don't want to talk about you it. You just ignore it, put it out of the way. Yeah. Um, so um, Bob Brado across town, he was having a health and wellness clinic. Fabulous. Wonderful. We're in the midst of a pandemic, uh, and no one wants to be healthier. They just want to go get, um, amazing. you know, uh, a gene therapy. Let me know about that if they do that again. I oh, it was amazing. Oh, wish I could and um, it's talking about, like, you know, just the simple thing. Like, if your vitamin D level is high enough, that COVID will be nothing for you. It doesn't matter how sick you are or what. Just That's just one little area. Yeah. Um, and so... You think that was well attended or poorly attended? <laughs> so, like, it was in the the people who attended it already have, or they already try in their health, and so the people are like, "Pass me the donut." Well, I pray I don't get COVID. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I just need to put another mask on. I'll be good to go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, any you know any area of our life we should be working and getting better at mm-hmm. and then i was talking to somebody this week they said i'm a i'm bad at finances and i said don't say that about yourself because you're labeling yourself as a failure yeah um would you say i'm not good at finances but i need to get better exactly and so again i like let's say i mean all of us should get better at finances this year um but what can i do about that mm-hmm. I, could, I could take you know 15 minutes a week and watch some video on finance i'm again you're gonna have to put that down in your calendar so if your goal is to get better at finances you better um schedule a seminar you know i schedule a dave ramsey seminar you know yeah. and you put it on your calendar and pay for the thing yeah because you pay for it you're gonna do it right um you know and so you you figure out what the goal is and then you figure out how you how are you going to carry out that goal mm-hmm yeah, I think that's really good what you just said about, and in that book that I'm letting you bar- or gave to you on the right before the podcast. Which it talks, one is it? It talks about uh, give it to me or borrow. No, it's yours to keep. But the, <laughs> when narcissism comes to the church, it talks about being careful not to label 
people something. Mm-hmm. But people have descriptive traits that, but that's not what they are. Yeah, and you, you know, and it could change. Yeah, and I think you should never identify yourself as something bad. Mm-hmm. So if you're like. I don't eat healthy. Well, if there's a table full of donuts, like you're going to go right for it because you labeled yourself as I don't eat healthy. And if you said, I'm a runner or um, I'm a health nut, like there's a table full of donuts, you have identified yourself already as someone who does not eat donuts. And so, yeah, you should never label yourself as as bad at this or bad at that. Uh, because you have doomed yourself. You've yeah. spoken a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And you're going to end up being a, like a loser in that mm-hmm. area because you're uh, you know, you labeled yourself. Right. Yeah. There's always things that we need to work at. You for know? sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. How about we break it down? These We'll get down to the minutiae just for a minute here. Um, but uh, spirit, soul, and body, and um, sp- spiritually... And I'm, I'm thinking, again, is about your walk with God, you're born again by the Spirit, and I'm also thinking about your spiritual connection to your family and then also spiritual connection to your church family. And uh, really, your spirituality should be connected to every single area of your life. There's not one area that it should be left out of. Uh, but I think of spiritual goals first and foremost as Bible reading. Mm-hmm. So getting the Bible in us is very important. You got any new Bible reading goals this year? One, the Lord helped me a lot with Bible reading last year, and we did some things that uh, I'm very. It was very helpful to me, and I'm just really going to continue. And what I what really worked for me was just setting a goal, finishing that goal, and when I got towards the end of that goal, figuring out what I'm, what am I going to do next, and setting yeah. aside times and checkpoints. And uh, the Lord really helped me accomplish um, getting through the Bible in a way last year that was very. Very transformative. Good. Yeah, some, we'll have to have a podcast again and talk about uh, Bible reading ideas. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh, for a long time I read the Bible four times a year, and then I um, actually slowed it down, I think, about three years ago to three times a year. Uh, it was just it was easier for me, better, and the, I liked the way that I, I read it. Uh, as a church family, now I think this is important. I'll mention this. It's really important. I think to set monthly goals for different targets for a month, because you can do about anything for 30 days. Right. Um, but one of the things we're going to do as a church, we're going to challenge the church and uh, whoever takes the challenge and does the challenge, they're going to win the pursuit of God. Uh, but reading the new Testament in a month, it's not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. We're giving out a 30 day checklist and there's 31 days in January. You got a day of grace in there. Um, and I think a lot of people read the new Testament yeah. and I like that we do it in January because you really feel like you read half the Bible, even though you only read like a right. fourth of it uh, by reading the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of gives you like, man, I got some momentum going well, into I, the year. I was challenged when, when Brother Willette preached at our church. He talked about how he read the Bible in a month. And I, <laughs> and I had never done that before. Oh, and yeah, it worked tell us out, about this. It worked you out did good it, huh? because it was the beginning of the year. You're motivated. Okay. And so I read the Bible in a month. And, good for you. That's awesome. And then, I've never done that. I tried one time and I failed. <laughs> But then I, uh, I, after that, I said, okay, I'm going to read the Bible again in two months. I mean, that was easy compared to doing yeah. it a month. And then the next, then I did it again in three months, and then I did it again in four months. How much time did that take you, like, to read the Bible in a month? The, in a month, I was able to, it's been a while, but I want to say it was about an hour and 15 minutes. That's all? With And I had it on, like. I, I guess it would make sense. I had my app 
audio set for like two times speed. It was pretty fast. Right. But I, so, I, I read and listen to audio a lot. And you can you can speed it up quite a lot. It's been a while, but then I just kind of figured I got it back to forty five minutes, and I just wanted to keep that time period. And so I just adjusted the speed of the audio. So for the rest of the year, it took me about forty five. Yeah, you read fast because I want to say that because when I would read the Bible through four times a year, um, it took me about forty five minutes a day to do a four. So that would be every ninety days. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you're reading it that way by listening to it and reading it, you can go pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm neat. not saying I got through it. It might not have all got through me, but I I did get through it. No, I like it when you read the Bible fast. Now, um, brother Dave studies for stuff. I study for stuff. So we have an opportunity because of our jobs to like study the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, I don't have a lot of time for chasing rabbit trails or anything like that. I really got to keep my nose to the grindstone and like keep the message in view. But I do get to study the Bible a lot. So it is nice to like read it pretty quickly and get the bird's eye view. I think that's um, something special. Yeah, I found that's true. You get the context and you'd be amazed at what comes back to you in yeah. your preparation later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's been, I, I can name so many guys who read the Bible a lot, like a ton. You know, Brother Vineyard read it uh, 25 chapters every single day. Um, Dennis Coral is telling me about when he first got saved, he'd read the New Testament every single weekend. And, um, and you think that's not true, well, but you meet Brother Coral, he can like pretty much quote to you the whole Bible. Like when he's, you know, preaching, he ties something in from Genesis to Revelation. And, you know, two hours later, he's done talking about it. Yeah, he's a walking a treasury of scripture now. Right. And uh, my dad at one time was reading through the Bible six times a year. I don't know how many times he does. If you're on a grandma uh, young, I don't know if she still does, but she was for years and years and years reading through the Bible six times a year. Um, but yeah, a lot of pastors, um, great leaders have just read a lot of scripture continuously. Yeah, RBLet once every month. And now he probably reads really fast. I bet his IQ is like 140 something. I bet he's really smart. Um, but he probably reads pretty quick, but it's he still has to put a lot of time in to do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, so Bible reading, and then also spiritually, I would think about your spiritual connection to your church family, like your, your Christian fellowship. How can you up that in the coming year? Maybe if you don't attend Sunday school, start attending Sunday school or an extra service or um, have some sort of, um, perhaps there's somebody you want to connect with and, you know, get together and study the Bible with or what's, um, you know, so work on those spiritual connections. But then I think of the family in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, the spiritual connection, I think family devotions are so important, so very important, and they're not hard to do. They're easy to do um, with your family, do that. And then also, if you're married, uh, have devotions with your spouse. You know, if they're at all willing, try that. And, um, I mean, do that, and that, that, I think that's very important. I think it's important if you're going to do that, that you um, communicate to the people involved and say, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do at this time. Mm -hmm. Because nobody has the spirit to do it when you say, like, okay, stop what you're doing. Stop watching what you're watching. Stop playing those video games. Come on, we're going to we're going to read the Bible now. Yeah. You know, and so if you if they understand that it's coming and that it's something that we do, you know, that. It goes over a whole lot better. Okay, so I'm going to talk about habit because I, wa- I wanted to mention a habit. I th- yeah, I did put that in my notes. That's good. Um, 
So probably make it to my blog when I write this up. But um, so there's a habitual part of your brain, that deep part of your brain. Um, that's why it's easy. I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, man, I'm such a mess. I can't remember to bring stuff. But um, I do have a very strong habitual part of my brain. Like I re- I'm not going to like walk out of the house. I've got a few things in my left pocket, a few things in my right. You know, those go right in there. And like the whole morning routine, you know, you have down, you're, you're not even thinking about it. You do that habitually. Mm-hmm. And so I made the spiritual decision a long time ago to like read my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. And so I read my Bible every day, not because I'm spiritual. I didn't make that spiritual decision, uh, but because I'm habitual. And that's the way God made us. Totally. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I have to have like coffee in the morning and I have to read my Bible. I like have to do those two things. And also in that order. <laughs> so I yeah. get nothing out of my Bible unless um, I have, you know, I'm total coffee addict. So shower first. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't, especially, I can't especially read if I exercise. Before. I always exercise first, and then I'm like, I'm wide awake and um, showered, and I got the coffee, and I'm I'm yeah, ready my, to go. My wife doesn't take a shower first. I don't know how she just gets up and reads. But that wakes you up to the shower. Can't even folk. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Got to be awake. I'm a different person before and after the shower. Yeah, you need that trigger in the morning to start. And, and um, I'll tell you another thing, too. I, I was reading this. Um, I can't remember. I think it's called The Power of Habit, this book. And it's talking about how, you know how your toothpaste, like it tingles? Makes your gum tingle? Sure. That does nothing for your teeth. Nothing. Someone learned a long time ago that if they made it tingle, it, like, it, it, it gave the person a oh, sensation in their brain. And can you go to bed without brushing your teeth? Yeah, I I see what you're saying. It's definitely harder. I can't. I mean, well, like if I let's say if I was I got distracted and I got in bed, I'm like, something wait, feels I didn't, weird. Yeah, I didn't brush my teeth. Yeah, because I need that tingle at night, and then also in the morning, I'm not ready to walk out the door unless I got that little tingly sensation, and that's a habitual part of your brain. So Julie and I, we were watching this true crime show. This is true story. Um, they found this guy. They're trying to figure out what happened. Um, so here's what happened in the middle of the night, his son, uh, it's always somebody, you know, took an ax and axed him in the head to kill him. So he woke up in the morning and again, he was axed in the head, like his head split wide open. He goes, he takes a shower, he eats breakfast, he brushes his teeth, he gets dressed, he puts on his clothes, a tie, he gets the morning paper and then he takes a step in the doorway and <laughs> passes over dead. So what they figure what happened is that the front lobe was destroyed, and that's like the um, new discovery part of your mind. But the wow. like the you know the reptilian part of his brain, the deep mind, the habitual mind. It's like song leading. You've been doing it for so long. When you first started, it's like oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. Totally. But now like you could, yeah, get an axe in your forehead. And you could get up and lead songs because it's like so ingrained in yeah. inside you. So that's what you want to do with like habits. You know, it takes 40 days to form a habit or become habitual in different things. So if it's family devotions like ours, the best time for us to do it is right after we eat dinner together. We're all at the same table and not to wrestle anybody away from anything. And that's when we do it. Uh, so once you start like family devotions, the kids aren't going to go anywhere because they're just so used to it until mm-hmm. right after. I mean, and... You know, that's another, if you want um, some good advice and family devotions, uh, I think Ken Shaver last time he was on here talked about that. And I know he did a, a long time ago too. Um, but yeah, so we take 10 minutes 
15 minutes, you know, we're reading Psalms now and three, all, all three of the kids can read. So I'll read and, and we'll go around the room and, and read and read through a Psalm. And then I'll ask some questions and we'll talk about the Psalm and then not for a long lengthy conversation, then take prayer requests. There's different people in the church we pray for. Then the kids have a test or this or that. We pray for that. Somebody prays and then we're done. But it's kind of routine. It's habitual. Again, it's a spiritual decision. We don't carry it on necessarily because we're spiritual. It's because we're habitual. Mm-hmm. You know, so you make those uh, make those things a habit. So that's some of the spiritual. How about the soul? What's the soul? What things pertain to the soul? You could talk about the mind thinking when it comes to your think what you want to learn, um, educating yourself, um, dealing with your emotions, anxiety, bitterness. Um, I don't know if that's a direction you're thinking, but mm-hmm. I, when I'm thinking, mm-hmm. so all, all these things that are cultivated in our soul, we need to assess where we're at, where we're at and how to deal with them. Our thought life, renewing our mind. Uh, you could certainly say that's spiritual, but I think I think there's a separation somewhat where we have to yeah all, th- uh, deal all, th- with all three that. of them spirit soul and body touch each other right, so right, you can't right. like hyper divide them because <laughs> so I you know I have you know when, in terms of stewarding this and setting goals for this I'm I'm thinking about you know con- learning new things every day and reading th- reading books and figuring out what I want to learn so so per- personal. Um, growth as far as learning something yeah. and everybody should be learning something. Mm-hmm. You're either going forward or backward in your cognitive skills. And then that also is a, is a muscle. So everybody should be trying to get better or learning something or have a certain goal for how many books you're going to read. You yeah. Have, you have a goal for that? You know what I want to, I was thinking about that. I want to, I want to read a book a week. Yeah. And, and that's what been, has been my goal for years. And, um, Pretty much every year, it I exceed it. It's not too hard. Like I'm at 58 right now, and I'll, I'll probably be at 60 before the new year. Yeah, my problem my is, goal I, is I read them and I put them down and I put them like on the shelf, and I don't remember. I need to write down every time I read a book. I gotta keep track of that. Maybe you can help me with that. Yeah, I keep bookmarks. I, I read many multiple books at the same time. It might not be the best habit. You're but, writing down somewhere but what the book thing you're is, I, I would rather be able to like, because I get, I'll get sick of reading a book. I'm, or I, I'm like, want to read something else. No, I have bookmarks in, in them. And so like on my bed stand, there's like a stack of books like this. Well, how do you know you, you've written down the books or you just put a tally every time you finish one? Oh, oh, when I finish? Yeah, how okay, do you know okay. you've read that many books? We'll have to do a podcast on reading sometime. Because <laughs> uh, I, could, I, I could talk about that forever. I love reading, and I am not very smart. And, like, I, I do. Um, so don't think I'm like, oh, this, you know, some egghead. or Like, no. Like, you can talk to any one of my teachers. I was never, like, that good of a student. I can't absorb stuff very quickly. But I do have um, an inquisitive mind, even though my mind isn't, like, super powerful. So sometimes I look at all the books I read, and I'm like, Jack, you should be a lot smarter than you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I like watch Jeopardy with my wife and I can't get any of the answers. And she's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, you don't even hardly read. Yeah. <laughs> and something. I read all the time and you know way more than I do. Um, so here's what I do is I always read everything with a highlighter. Um, and I like hardback books, but I, like, I do read on Kindle too. And I do make Kindle highlights as well. Um, and so what happens? See that stack of books right over there? Yes. 
Okay, so all of those are books that I've read and I have um, highlighted. So what I do to digest books, um, and this is normal, you pick up a book and you're like, man, I should read this sometime. Then you start reading it and then you like notice your own handwriting in the margins. and stuff. Like, whoa, I've read that before. Um, and some of the stuff I'll remember vaguely as I start to read it. But what I do is highlight. Here's the process. So I highlight any book that I read. And sometimes a lot of highlights, sometimes not very many. And then um, I re highly recommend having a mastermind journal. And then you just write down your highlights for the book in your mastermind journal. And you have captured all those great thoughts. Mm. And this is like, uh, you know, mastermind journal. I'll, I'll like read, use like a page a week, um, sometimes a couple pages a week. And this is, I highly recommend it because you I've read, never even heard of you that. read, you read fabulous books that are amazing and you put them down and you really, they're not, you can't take all that great stuff with you. But if you capture it with your own handwriting, if you, if you handwrite something, it's like saying it seven times. So you have like, um, put little creases in your brain about this particular matter, but then later on you look it up. And then you think, I think such and such book, instead of like thumbing through the stupid book to try to find, you got it. You already captured it. So I've got like eight books over there and it'll, um, but how it, do you know how many books you've read? Every okay. Time okay. You read it, you okay. Read. Gotcha. Sorry about that. So in my journal, I have every title or this is my day planner. So I have every title of every book that I read this year. And then if I if it's a reread, I will give it five stars. So Wild at Heart, John Eldridge, five stars. Um, hmm. Entertaining ourselves to death, five stars. We will not be silent, Lutzer, five stars. Blackout, Candace Owens, five stars. Uh, Momentary Marriage, John Piper, five stars. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, five stars. So. Um, there's no reading like re reading, and uh, like C.S. Lewis said that he had a hard time of reading a new book because he he couldn't couldn't leave off the old book. So I think it's it's very important to re read good books. Like why not? If like right. a book like really was amazing to you, yeah, and you got to read like twenty books to get to an amazing book, why not just go back to the right. amazing book and read it again? How many times have you re listen to a sermon? Oh yeah, exactly. So I so I have in here. All the way back to, let me see when I, what year I first started. Um, it's 2013. So 2013, right here. I read 57 books in 2013. And, um, yeah, I got some five stars on there. So, um, so I was doing that, and I started writing down all the books that I've been reading since 2013. So we're coming up on... Um, you'd 10 think years you'd have better that. handwriting after writing all that. Yeah, you think. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, so I, I love reading books. Yeah, I definitely want to do a podcast about uh, book reading and just different ideas. But that's what I do. I'll just I'll highlight the books, and then as soon as I'm done, I write them down. And here they go on the stack in the mastermind stack, and then I will take um, some time, and then I will write out the highlights. And then I, I read a lot of theological books, and some of that stuff will go on the, my margin notes in my Bible. Like I'm like, oh, I got I got to put this in the margin, so I'll do that. So that's how I digest. Um, those like books. 
Yeah. I like that. I'll sit over there on the blue couch while you do that podcast and I'll, and I'll watch. <laughs> well, you're welcome to join. And yeah, so here's the thing. You, you know, you want to be a reader? Like, man, I would like to read like a book a month. If you're listening, you know, you'd say, I'd like to start somewhere, a book a month. That, that'd be like, um, you know, if you read like 10 pages a day, you'd read a book every other week. Because the average book's about 200 pages. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take a lot. I read um, in the evening a lot of times at home. I don't get hardly any chance up here to read, but I will uh, read at home on my day off if uh, people aren't coming to my house on my day off. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I will, I'll try to spend at least a couple hours reading. My kids, when uh, I take them to swim, um, I'm up there with my noise-canceling headphones on, and I will read, and it's almost t- two solid hours. So think, I really enjoy just that. Just think about that out there in Radio Land. I mean, who does that? Who reads for two hours, right? Yeah, but, and, but, I, and oh, you know, there's so many good quotes on books. I mean, as yeah. far as, like, the importance of reading. Like, if you don't read, like, you get the, into there's it, the only difference between it. a person who doesn't read and a person who reads uh, is, that like, nothing. They're both illiterate, you know? Like... I think it's, I said that statement wrong. So the person who doesn't read is as be, is, is in as sad a shape as a person who cannot read. Right, right, right. Like all those poor illiterate people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so so you got the soul, you know, the learning, um, the different ways you're going to connect emotionally with your wife, your children, your church family, how you're going to make strong um, connections with them. And remember that all these goals are going to be with intention, intentionality. Let, let me give you a trick. Um, Brendan Bouchard, high performance habits, man. He taught me this. This is so. This is really important. So if Dave comes to my office just to talk to me, um, I'm going to decide mentally that everything else in the world, all the church problems or uh, all the th- things going on at home, stuff I have to do tonight, that's out the door. It's Dave time. And so, so I have to set my mind with intention or else I'm not, if I'm not fully present with Dave or you people with your phones getting distracted, you know, um, no, that's Dave time. So like if I'm and and it, and it takes exercise to do this. So if I'm on a date night with my wife, um, it's easy for me to start thinking about, I need to do this tomorrow at church. I need to take care of this. And then, you know, this is going on and then I'm not really with my wife. So sometimes I have to correct my mind. So like, oh, nope, this is date night. This is something that I have to check off the, you know, the list. I got to spend time with Julie, mm-hmm. which means I actually got to talk to her, you know, and pay attention to her. Yeah. So set intention, you know, when you're emotionally connected or with your, with your child. Um, you know, I got a date night coming up with my daughter. So her, her love language is um, spending my money. <laughs> so uh we're gonna go out to dinner and then we're gonna go shop and she wants a ring from her father that she can wear um so we're gonna do it because um you know it's time for me to make that connection mm-hmm. and so i i'm gonna you know god willing that night you know you, then i'll you know we pray you know pray about it lord help me make you know have a good time with uh, my daughter and then make her the sole focus of that time together. So set intentionality mm-hmm. uh, in that way. So last one, but not least, is your body, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And what's your health goals this year? 
Well, I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what they are, but I know it's going to it's going to center around, you know, building strength, you know, um, through nutrition, through exercise, whether it be cardio or, um, you know, weightlifting, you know, being intentional with getting to the doctor, getting your blood work, finding out what supplements I need to be mm-hmm. taking, staying hydrated, getting enough rest. So um, all that stuff that you just mentioned, like, um, you know, if they if they sold, let's say, hydration and exercise in a pill, man, you would be a multi-multi-billionaire if you own the patent of that. Right. And so some of the cheapest things that you can do in this life will keep you the healthiest. Yeah. Like drink a lot of water, mm-hmm. like drink a lot. Yeah. Um, exercise. Well, I can't, you can, if you can walk, if you're in a wheelchair, I mean, work out your arms, you know, do some sort of, uh, continuous motion for at least minimum of 10 minutes a day. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere and yeah. don't be intimidated by what somebody else does. You figure out where you're at. That's exactly right. And, and you just do something and, and for build me, on that. And for me personally, like exercise, I'm not going to like project on somebody else what I like or what I do, but I do enjoy exercise. It like helps me keep saying, I, I, I just, I have a um, sedentary job being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eat a lot with people. Mm-hmm. And so working out like relieves stress. I like the endorphins. And like, if I don't work out, I don't like, feel right. Um, you know, it's not like I'm working out so I can live forever. Like, let's say if I drop dead tomorrow, I would still be glad that I worked out. I still feel way more productive. I feel way healthier. Mm -hmm. And then when I exercise, I feel like eating right and vice versa. Um, so it kind of plays into the other, but yeah. And I tell a lot of people cause they, you know, they make health goals or talk to me cause they like, no, I like exercise. And I'll say, listen, just do 10 minute walk every single day. 10 minutes of walking, especially if they're just getting started. Cause like what happens to a lot of people is they'll get a, a membership to Planet fitness <laughs> and then they work out like an hour and a half the first day yeah. and you know, this, and then finally it just overwhelms them. They get yeah. sore and tired. They don't feel like doing it. And if they would have just uh, done, it's kind of like with Bible reading, right? You know, if you just do it every day, even if it's 15 minutes a day, you're going to be like way past the person who like one time a week reads it for an hour. Yeah. You know, so 10 minute walk every day, start that habit. And that's not just purely going to affect you physically because that's going to help the other things. You know, oh, it's how, so connected. How, how are you going to go? so connected. How are you going to go soul winning? Oh. If you're not in, you know, in, you in, get older, you need your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you get home from work and you need to spend time with the kids and they're full of energy and you're ready to go to bed. And your back hurts. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all this different. Uh, yeah, all plays in. Grandkids someday. And I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, and I tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, like if I get a bad cold, I will feel so much less motivated spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell myself, well, no, it's, you just feel this way because you have a bad cold. But still, like, I still feel like not, I, I just don't feel like performing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and I encourage you to be the healthiest version of yourself. <clears throat> you know, there's people that you love that you're like, man, take care of yourself. I want, I want you to be around for a while. Yeah. So quit being so selfish. Mm-hmm. I would really actually like you to be here. Yeah. And then like somebody else, but like, hey, have another donut, man. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do a nice funeral for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make, make you sound like you were a great guy. But, um, 
yeah, so we, you know, your family wants you around. There is um, the connection between body, soul, and spirit. Those are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is the temple. And so, yeah, take care of it. And, and you just feel <clears throat> so much more productive and feel better about life. Like, I don't eat a lot of junk food, and it's not, it's not because I'm, like, better or more self-disciplined or whatever. It's actually because I don't like the way I feel. Yeah. If I don't eat right. My body is so less forgiving than it used right. to be. Oh man, I yeah, Do I can eat? feel every little um every little sin against my body. I can feel. Yeah. You can't get away with much. Yeah, tomorrow night we got a Christmas party at the house, We're having the young people over and I know what's going to happen. Saturday morning I'm going to feel like trash. Oh yeah. And it's going to yeah. be so hard to Yeah. You know. <laughs> so um you know, some people very you know struggle because uh, food is a source of comfort and really it's some sort of a, you know, drug for a lot of people. Uh, but I encourage you to make baby steps. I mean, the saying um, is true. You know how you eat an elephant one, one bite, bite at, at a time. time. Yeah. Um, and I would say, like, let's say, it, you know, you're listening to this and you're way overweight. I mean, you know it. Everybody around you knows it, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. it, and it's just such a struggle for you. And I, I do feel for you mm-hmm. and shame on people who look down and look down on you. But what you could start doing is saying, you know what, for I'm going to eat one salad a day or I'm going to I'm going to eat one healthy meal a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you determine you lay out that plan, what it is. And that's why I tell people it's like anything you crowd out the bad with the good mm-hmm. and start just with one like win every single day. I'm yeah. going to eat one good meal. I'm going to have you know, a smoothie for breakfast mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, or, and then I'm going to have a, you know, the next day I'm gonna have a salad for lunch or whatever. You get those small little wins along the way, just like walking, lock, walking for 10 minutes a day. It's those, those little simple starts. Yep. And, um, you know, brother Jack could talk about this for hours. So just give him a call if you have any questions <laughs> about that. He's a, Oh yeah. He's yeah. an expert on that. I'm, that I'm a doctor. I'm a, med- I'm a doctor. Um, <laughs> not a doctor, but I play one on the internet, right? <laughs> hey, uh, we sounds like we're winding up here yeah. pretty soon, but I did want to mention this, and this is something the Lord uh, laid on my heart with working with some people this year. I came across this this verse in uh, James five sixteen where it says, "Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that ye may be healed." Amen. And it, it's talking in the context of accountability. It was under that kind of subject, and I think sometimes. We're never going to be as successful until we humble ourselves and get some help. Yeah, absolutely. And you might need, if you, you know, you just every year you have these great intentions and great motives, you know, I want to do this and that. But you're, you're, the answer to you actually fulfilling those things might be to get somebody else involved and say, hey, listen, follow up with me every week, every month, you know, mm-hmm. ask me how I'm doing mm-hmm. or get together with somebody or maybe even get together with someone on, each other's plans. Absolutely. You know, and that would be huge, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So any of your goals or anything that you want, like you want to quit doing something, there's some sin in your life you want to quit or, um, there's something speak to, um, a a godly friend, mentor, whatever. And I think also, you know, to be a good, anything you have to have a good team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is true of sports. This is true of business. And this is true because God made all the world. Uh, this is true of uh, spirituality is um, 
that, yeah, you need a good team to be good at anything, and you're going to need a good team to accomplish your goals. You're going to have to have those walk with wise men, and thou shalt be wise. I think we talked about this last time. We talked about mentors. Who are your mentors? Who are your five people that you look up to the most? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Paul said, mark those that walk so, that you have them for an example. And, yeah, like you're saying, if you, like, you know, if you're going to be a runner, it's amazing. Like if you practice for a race, but when you run in a race and you're surrounded by people running, you run so much faster. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, this deadlift that I did, and uh, it was the strongman competition, and I picked too low of a weight. I didn't know this. I'd never been in competition before. But, like, when you're pulling weight, like, in front of people, you are so much stronger. Mm. Yeah, and I, I pulled uh, this, I pulled 525 that day like it was nothing, like right off the ground, boom, really fast, right up. And, you know, I still have the video of that. And I thought, oh, man, I could have done 600 because all these people standing around, you know, you yeah. know, and, Interesting. And, and so you need, yeah, you need a good um, team to be good at anything. So mark the people who are at where you, or were at where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I make this joke about um, friends, and you're my friend. I always say that uh, to me, my friend, you have to be more spiritual than I am because if anyone's going to get pulled down, it's going to be you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> so That's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, man. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today, Brother Dave. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I appreciate it. And, uh, and I'm excited about uh, 2022. See how the Lord does and how the Lord uses you. And thank you, all you listeners out there, for listening today. And stay tuned. we got some exciting podcasts coming out. And don't forget to look up Dave, furtherancemedia.com. That's right. Uh, God bless you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a five-star rating on your podcast app. We'd appreciate that very much. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by emailing us at pastoralthoughtsmail at gmail.com. And you can find out more about us at pastorjack.org. God bless you and have a wonderful day.